0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We invite you into our midst tonight. And we ask that you speak to our hearts one more time. Help us to experience all that you have in store for us this season. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God shouted a louder, Amen. Hallelujah. All right, say hello to a neighbor if you can. Let's be seated, let's come together. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many people truly believe that divine prosperity is for them? Kingdom, prosperity is for you. Can I get a witness? Just wave your hands if you can. If you're not waving your hand, you're a suspect. (laughs) Honestly, I'm doing this deliberately. I want you to wave your hand if you genuinely believe God's will is for you to prosper. And can you also begin to understand that God wants you to prosper more than you have prospered already? How many people believe you are at the end of your journey where prosperity is concerned? Anybody like that? So you understand that there's a next level. And that's why we keep learning and relearning. I love something Dr. K said uh, Monday night um, in the prayer storm discussion he had with um, Pastor Yinda and Pastor Shola about us learning, unlearning, relearning. Hallelujah. And I pray that's what tonight's teaching will do for us. I, I want to cover quite some ground. There's quite a number of scriptures that God gave me, and I I want us to really go through them line upon line. Hallelujah. Can you boldly declare tonight that God is my source? Ah, That's not a bold declaration. I want you to declare God is my source. Say God is my source of prosperity, my source of healing, uh, my source of every good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't think we, um, we don't need to belabor that revelation. No, we think tonight's um, teaching, talking about prosperity, about the source. There, there are a few things God there putting on my heart, that we should just revisit and look at again. And it's so important to have that um, revelation and understanding and hold on to it. There are four particular things that God actually laid on my heart I should share with us tonight about God being our source when it comes to prosperity. And I believe what God wants each and every one of us to do is to re-examine our lives and how we are living, particularly in, in relation to this simple truth, this simple revelation, that God is the source of our prosperity. God is the source of our prosperity and we can prosper as long as we still have God, even if we're in an economy and an environment where things don't seem to be enabling prosperity. I love something you hear the Americans say a lot, particularly the people in their government, that their country is still the best country on the earth that gives people the best opportunities to prosper. They call it the American dream. I mean, I'm sure you have heard (laughs) them, am I right? (laughs) That people want to come all over the world because those opportunities are there. And there's, there's an element of truth to that. I mean, We're not denying that fact. But a higher truth, particularly for us, is that even if you are not in a place that gives you ample opportunities to prosper, um, because you have God, you can still prosper. Can I hear loud? Amen. Hallelujah. And how we relate with that, with that truth, is what we want to look at today. Let's quickly get into the word. Genesis chapter 2, this simple concept of God being the source was established very, very quickly in the Bible, in the beginning. And in this Genesis 2, we see a story of a river flowing, and at the end of the book, And it's so interesting when you see something like that, something at the beginning, something at the end, it's still the same pattern. And I believe God wants to establish that principle. And that's what I want us to see here. The principle of God being the source of everything. And that if everything is going to work in our lives, I want us to bring that into what we are discussing and learning. If we are going to prosper the way God has designed and ordained for us to prosper, we must relate accordingly with the source and not allow anything compromise our relationship with the source. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 8. A bit of a reading here, but just for the purpose of what we want to do. The Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden. And one of the things Eden represents here was really the presence of God. It was was really the presence of God. So he said God planted a garden there and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10, now a river went out of Eden, the, the presence of God. A river went out and watered the garden. Please catch this image here because there's a reason why this story and this passage here is, is, is stated in Genesis. It's a pattern that will you will see all through scriptures, everything proceeds out of God. A river went out of Eden and watered the garden from there, it parted and became four riverbeds, so different streams. It started from Eden, the presence of God, it flowed out of Eden, then it parted into four different streams. We are talking um, on Sunday about the power of God that is dynamic in its working. And I was sharing with us that when you are activating the power to prosper, the way it can manifest in one person's life will be different from another person. That's the picture we are seeing here. The name of the first is Pishon or Pishon. It is the one that skirts the whole land of Avila where There is gold, hallelujah. So one stream came to this particular land and in that land you will find plenty gold and the gold in that land and the gold of that land is good. Delium and the Onyx stones are also there. The name of the second river is Gishon or Gishon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. Hallelujah. The name of the third river is Heidekel. It is the one which goes towards the east of Issyria. The fourth is Euphrates. Glory be to God. So we see this river flowing and parting into four different regions. And for, it was this river that brought, well, the, the, the main place where we see wealth is the first one, um, Havilah, but it mentions all these other lands as well. And this river was nourishing all those lands and bringing things to those lands. Verse 15, then the, God, the Lord took the man he had put in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord commanded, the Lord God commanded the man, saying of, the, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. I'm going to stop there. And we're going to get back to that instruction God gave Adam there. Go with me also to Genesis, I mean, Revelations 22. Let's see this same pattern that we see in Genesis chapter 2 about a river flowing from God and bringing about prosperity and blessings to different places. The same picture, just the same thing said in another way. And he showed me, Revelation 22 from verse 1, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. What Eden was in Genesis is the throne of God and of the Lamb here in Revelations. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits. Each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Praise God. This picture we see here in Revelations is the same or a similar pattern or picture we see in Genesis. And it's God trying to reveal to us how things are going to operate. Everything will proceed from him. He and only he will be the source. Can somebody declare boldly again, God is my source. And it is out of what proceeds from him that will affect and impact everything else. So when we talk about the source or sources, there are two other words that are relevant for the purpose of our discourse tonight. No, the second one is channels. If there is a source, there will automatically be channels. Channels. And I want to just focus on what we are discussing tonight. And ultimately, a third word I want us to consider is, there will be an output or a benefit. Something is flowing out of the source. It's flowing through a channel. And it's delivering benefits and results. And we need to understand that source or sources channels the channels are important the channel is also important but the channel is not the source if there is no channel there is no road or avenue the source may have something he wants to deliver at the end of the day an output or a product or a benefit that he wants to deliver it will never get there and ultimately there is the benefit or the output the output or the benefit Starts with the source. Without the source, there will be no benefit or output at the end. But the benefit is also important. So in Genesis, we see that Eden, or the presence of God, a river flowed. God is the source. That river is the channel. And particularly in one of the lands there, the first lands, there was gold and there was onyx. That's the output, the prosperity, the benefit. We see that at the end. He didn't tell us much about the other lands, he just mentioned their name. But they were also blessed lands because of what they were receiving through the channel that was proceeding from the source. If you are sitting here, shout amen. In Revelations 22, it's a similar story. We see a river flowing from the throne of God, and that river was carrying nutrients or things that was feeding the trees that was by the river bank, and the leaves and the fruit of those trees was bringing the benefit or the output of healing to the nations, The output or the benefit was what was coming from the trees, the leaves that was healing the nations. The channel, again, was the river carrying it. And the source was God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, this is what God wants us to understand. Please, everybody look at me. You must never mistake the benefit for the source. You must even never mistake the channel for the source. You must distinguish between these three things. And this is the crux of what we want to share tonight. And let's bring it down to prosperity. God and God alone is the source. He can have different mediums. That river from Eden, he said it parted into four heads. They can be different. The benefit or the output is the prosperity that we get at the end of the day. Don't mistake the benefit for the or the channel for the source. The source must always have its place. Somebody say always. This is the message Paul was sharing in Hebrews. And I love that song they were singing tonight, All I See Is You very very important as simple as basic it sounds in hebrews chapter 12 paul was saying we should look to jesus always looking to jesus the author and the finisher of our faith the source of our faith when it comes to prosperity our focus must not be on the benefit the gold must not be your focus talk to me somebody the healing must not be your focus Look, it sounds so simple and so basic, but some people now are focused so much on the gifts and the benefits they cannot recognize the giver if he walks in front of them anymore. It's a human condition. You are so particular about the gifts, the benefit, the output. Even if the giver says, my son, my son, you can't recognize his voice anymore because of your attention. I shared the story about that mother, the, the, the movie that my family and I watched, Miracle from Heaven. That because she was looking for healing for her daughter, her daughter was terminal about to die, looking for healing, flying helter-skelter. Ah, they, told, she, they told her this is a specialist that can attend to it. And the doctor was very good. The doctor was the channel. She will call and call and call, thousands of calls, flew to and fro to meet that doctor. The the, the doctor didn't have space for her, but she pressed and pressed and pressed, went after the channel, focused on the output, the benefit, lost her contact with the source. It's just that God is merciful. And it was not until after God healed her that it dawned on her. And that was one of my my, my biggest takeaways from that movie. That all the while, even where she had forgotten God, the Bible says that even if we are not faithful, remains remain faithful, God was still showing her mercy. But she never saw him. She never saw the hand of God. She, never, she was complaining bitterly about everything because all she was interested in was the benefit she wanted, the gold or the healing in this case, and the river, the doctor that God was going to use. The source. She had no. And at the end of the day, the healing did not come. The doctor could not help her. In fact, the doctor sent them home at the end of the day. Just, his advice was, the remaining time your daughter has, try and cherish it. And then they went home. This was the miracle of the story. Then the children were playing in a tree that was in their domots, <laughs> their Their yard. Perhaps if she had focused on God as a, so God, the healing ground, because what happened was her children were not praying in the tree, then her daughter fell into the tree. According to her testimony, she died and went to heaven, and God wanted her to come back. She said, I don't want to go back. If I'm going to go back into that sick body, I'm tired of sickness. Then God said no, and she came back, and her body was healed. All the flying she was doing from, I think they lived in Texas. She had to be going to Boston. That bankrupted the family at the end of the day. It's apparently as if it wasn't necessary. But thank God. Somebody say God is merciful. Hallelujah. So in our journey on prosperity, we must navigate these dynamics between the source, the channel, and the benefits, the output. Look, I'm not saying that the healing is not important. No. Don't be like some old-time believers that they were so spiritual, they were of no earthly you, good. So not that you say, ah, I'm focusing on God, I'm focusing on God, and you are broke. I'm focusing on God, and you are sick. Mm-hmm. The channel has its place. Amen? And the benefits has its place. Listen to how Apostle Paul said it to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6. Let's look at that text. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Hallelujah. First Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present age. And that's talking to us, those that are rich. And I will also say those that will be rich. If the advice is good for the rich, it's good for those that are planning to be rich. So in case you think you are not yet rich, well, it's talking about you as well. Let them not trust in uncertain riches. Don't trust in the output. But in the living God. Trust in God Who gives us richly all things to to, to enjoy We're going to come back to what is said here in verse 18 Let them do good Let them be rich in good works Ready to give Willing to share Storing up for themselves A good foundation For the time to come That they may be able to lay hold Or that that they may lay hold on eternal life What is he telling Timothy? Tell them not to put their trust, their focus. Tell them to do looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Not on the product or the prosperity we want to get at the end of the day. And then he talked about understanding how God operates. Four things. Look at these four things that I believe will guide us. That I want us to quickly explore tonight. Number one. Always recognize and, I've talked about the place of recognizing the source, recognizing the source, prioritize the source. Recognize and prioritize our source. The source must be more important to us than the benefit and than the channel that God uses. Psalm 46, I love, I was reading this psalm again in the light of what we are talking, thinking about source, channel, and benefit. And I love what the psalmist was doing here in Psalm 46. Recognize and prioritize the source. From verse 1, this is another Um, story in scripture, you can look at this one as the middle of the book, that talks about a river flowing, just like Genesis talked about a river flowing and Revelation talks about a river flowing so Genesis in the beginning, Psalm is in the middle, Revelation is at the end the same picture, it starts from verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea Though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, notice it starts by exalting God. And then he paints that same picture we saw in Genesis and Revelation. There is a river whose stream, who streams make glad the city of God. Hallelujah. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. Somebody hear good news tonight. God will help you. Just at the break of dawn. So there is this river flowing and bringing glad tidings into the city. The benefits. The benefits. The river is flowing. It makes glad the city of God. Once the people are able to receive what that river is bringing, in Genesis, it talks about the gold and the onyx and all the things the river has brought into those lands. In Revelation, it talks about the healing that it brought to the nations. It will make us glad. Hallelujah. But it went on to say, look at verse 7, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolation of the earth. He makes war seas to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear into two. He burns the chariots of fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And as I was reading this again today, God told me, look at the fact that the psalmist kept emphasizing God. Not the river that was bringing glad tidings, not the glad tidings that the river was bringing. They have their place and they are important, but you must recognize that the most important of all the three of them is the source and prioritizing. And that's what this psalmist was doing here. He was just exalting God. Oh, yes, there's a river that flows from God, that brings glad tidings to the people of God. But God, 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 God. that has to be our attitude and our perspective recognize and prioritize the source even when it looks like there's no benefit be satisfied that you have a connection with the source even when you can't see a channel channel talks about the way that it will come to you recognize you see a relationship with the source And prioritize your work with Him. That's what that psalmist was saying here. The mountains may fall, the seas may roar, everything may be upside down, but God is our refuge. Can somebody declare tonight God is our refuge? God is my refuge and He's my source of prosperity. Number two that we should place value on and take very seriously is we should obey the instructions of the source. Obey God. You see, the channels may also be speaking to us. I love that scripture we, we, we quote in Luke, Luke 6, I believe. Give and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give it to our bosom. Right? Powerful scripture. And from that scripture, we understand that God is the source. But God will use men. I'm coming back to that in a minute. Men are the channel. They are like that river that is carrying the things. And sometimes those men can be speaking too. You are not to obey the men. You are to obey the God. You are to obey God. Obey the instructions of your source. Satan understood this. So Genesis 2, the Bible told us, I love the way, Genesis 2 that we read a few minutes ago, I love the title of my Bible, Life in the Garden. It was a pattern, the way God established things in the garden. And he told us about that river and the instruction God gave Adam at the end. You can eat of any tree in this garden, but this tree of the knowledge of don't eat of it. That was an instruction. After God planted Adam in that garden and God gave him the instructions, then the Bible said it's not good for a man to be alone. We didn't read that part. And then God brought his wife to the life in the garden. How God set everything up. Genesis 3, the Bible now tells us, please turn there. Genesis 3, chapter 1. Satan now came. And it's powerful and instructive to know the first thing Satan did was to tempt them to disobey God. And he did that because he knew disobedience will disconnect them from their source. So important. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, trying to create doubt and confusion in her heart. In fact, that's what Paul said. He said that the woman was confused. Adam was not confused. So even, that's why Adam's sin was greater than Eve's own. Satan, the word Satan, and look at what he told her. Has God indeed said? Somebody shout, yes, God has indeed said. (laughs) But that's confusing. Adam knew that God had indeed said. And we know the story know the story deuteronomy 28 powerful old testament scripture i want to balance something here with the new testament but i want to quote it again the way it is written now it shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice so under the old testament their prosperity was conditional on obedience. Now, it's slightly different for us in the New Testament. In the New Testament, our prosperity is conditional as it were on the obedience of Jesus. So thank God Jesus has obeyed for us. Somebody say, Jesus has obeyed for me. That doesn't now mean you can now start living like a rascal. That, ah, Jesus has done my obedience for me. Since he obeyed, I'm not free. No, that's not how we talk. You're supposed to follow his example. Now, in our own case... You see, he told them here, if you obey, these blessings shall come upon you and they will overtake you. He said, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Can somebody boldly declare, I shall be set high above the nations of the earth. All these blessings shall come upon me and will overtake me. Because you obey the voice of the source. But the principle is still valid even under... Look, any born-again believer that hears the gospel truth that our own prosperity... And it's true. What this teaching is true that it's not necessarily dependent on our own personal obedience per se. It's primarily dependent on the obedience of Christ. You now take that to mean I can believe in anyhow. I can lie anyhow. I can steal anyhow. I don't have to know the word of God. I you will not prosper. So it's still relevant. The only better thing for us, why our own covenant is based on a better promise. It says we have a better covenant based on a better promise is that it rests on the finished work of Christ. They are all rested on the blood of bulls and goats. And that's why in the latter part of Deuteronomy 28, it said if you do not obey, all these curses will come upon you. In our own, it said that Christ has redeemed us from the course of the law, being made a cause for us. But obedience is still vital. And what do I mean? When God gives you instructions, Isaac, don't go to Jerah. stay here. I mean, don't go to Egypt, stay in Jerah. Those kind of keys are important to our prosperity. Because God is our source. Somebody say, I obey my source. Look at Job 36, 11, quickly. Job 36, 11, if they obey and serve, They shall do what? Spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Somebody shout, that is me. I spend my days. Say it with panache and say it with swag. I spend my days in prosperity and I spend my years in pleasure. That means you don't spend your year in sickness and disease and shame. No. In other words, you are enjoying your life. The thief comes to steal, but to kill and to... Not but to steal, kill and trouble. but I'm coming that they might have life and have it more abundantly till they enjoy. Obedience. We talked about this when we were talking about renewing of the mind a few weeks ago. One of the things Apostle Paul said is a factor in us renewing our mind is that we're able to punish disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled we are able to resist the devil when our conscience, this is how James, um, John said it, when our conscience is right with God, we are confident before God and confident before the enemy. It's important to obey the source. Like I said, sometimes the channel, they are human vessels. Even if the channel is not a human vessel, there is a serpent in the garden telling you has God indeed said the devil is still going around roaring like a lion seeking whom you may devour so we don't obey the voice of the serpent, we don't obey the voice of the channels, we don't obey the voice of the gold or the benefits we listen and we hearken to the voice of the source Because it has a vital role where our prosperity is concerned. Can I hear a loud amen? God came to Abraham and the Bible said God had said to Abraham, leave your father's house. The everything else we know about Abraham today rested on obeying that instruction. Hallelujah. And we know In Genesis 22, the source, God, came to Abraham again and told him that your benefit, your only benefit, Isaac, sacrifice him. I love what the Bible told us Abraham did. And we can infer. The Bible said early the next morning, Abraham carried Isaac and left. And many scholars opine that if he had told Sarah, she will have obeyed the voice of the benefits. Ah, no, we can't sacrifice Isaac. Go and kill Ishmael. Go and find Ishmael from wherever he is. <laughs> That's what she will have said. But though Abraham knew that God had promised that this is your seed through whom I'm going to sacrifice, he still took him and obeyed. And Hebrew said he did that because he believed that God will resurrect him again. And when he climbed that mountain and was about to sacrifice Isaac, God said, no, don't kill him. Now I know that you will not because you have done this, you have obeyed me. You have not held this back from me. I know he, then God repeated the promise again. Blessing, I will bless you. Obey the voice. Because your channels too we speak, oh. the benefits too we speak, Oh, and the serpents too we speak. Very important in our work with the source. Number three, this one is very powerful. I said I just four things where our relationship with the source, our focus is primarily the source. But we understand how the channel and the benefits too can influence us. Be knowledgeable and understand our source. And in a way, this will help us to obey, know God, and understand the way God operates. But this is why many times some of us struggle to obey God because we've not taken the time to know God. Know God. I love what God said about Abraham. God said, I know Abraham. And God knew Abraham because Abraham had taken time to understand God. I will teach his children. My law. I know him. And that's why God picked him. And God could say that about Abraham because God knew Abraham took time to understand God. Who is this one that is telling me to leave my father's house and go to a place that he took the time to know God and to understand God? This is what the psalmist said about Moses. Psalm 103 verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses. Please understand this verse in the light of what we are talking about. Please watch. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. So the children of Israel were satisfied with just the benefits. God was the source. Moses was the channel. The miracles, the deliverance, that's all. They knew the benefits, but they didn't know the source. It was a world of difference between the kind of experience Moses had and the experience the children of Israel died. All those people that knew the benefits, that generation that came out, they all died in the wilderness. They knew the benefits, so they got the healing. They got the deliverance. They got the prosperity. They all left Egypt with silver and gold. None was people among them. But they didn't know the source. Moses knew the source. See, it's easy, particularly when you start prospering. I mean, look at the kind of miracles those people enjoyed in 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 Egypt. And as they traveled through the wilderness, you can get satisfied with just the benefits. It's easy. But God is telling us, know me, the source. Know me, know me, know me. Back to that movie. When that woman now came, I was sharing the testimony. Again, like I said, the message to me, she just didn't recognize that God had healed her. The scale over her eyes now fell. And she now saw through the entire journey. Every time she was now telling the story of, ah, even though the healing had not happened, this was God. This was God. This was God. God." She now knew God. One of the things that happened in the journey was that some people in the church were badmounting her and her daughter. And she had sworn she would never go back to that church. She was bitter and everything. Some people, she, but she forgave them. Why? Like she knew God. It's like Joseph, when his brothers came, and when he revealed himself, they were like, ah, don't kill us. So I beg. He said, no, I'm not going to kill you. I know God now. If I didn't know God, then eh? if I was just prime minister, you think we'd be having this conversation? I won't even reveal myself to you. I told them to come and carry you <laughs> Tap your neighbor and say, No God, no God, no God. And understand his ways. Let me say this here. This is very powerful. One of the things about knowing God and his ways, my time is almost up, but God uses men. Let me just really highlight this here. God uses men. And sometimes those men they represent like sources or sub-sources of God in our lives. What do I mean? Remember the story of Isaac, sorry, Lot and Abraham, Genesis 13. God, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but watch this again. Something powerful. Go there, Genesis chapter 13. Abraham wasn't, at this time of their relationship, Abraham wasn't just an uncle to Lot anymore. He was his uncle, but he was also, let me use this phrase, a subsource. What do I mean? Lot had now become a prosperous man like Abraham, but Lot did not have a direct relationship that fed the prosperity that he was enjoying. Are you with me? The prosperity Lot was enjoying was because of his connection with Abraham. He did not know that. So when Abraham called him in verse 8... Genesis 13, 8, just going for us, and said, told him, ah, let's not fight, let's separate. He said, choose. If Lot knew God and knew the way of God, and would have said, I choose Abraham. <laughs> I choose who? Abraham. I choose Abraham. I choose the source or the sub source. But you see, the benefits were flowing in his life, and he was enjoying the benefits. And he probably didn't come to midweek service where Pastor T taught him about source, channel, benefit. That, that you have channel and benefit alone is not, is not enough. He should have chosen Abraham. Look at verse 10. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan. See, Jordan, the river of God was flowing there, the land was blessed. That was just a channel. It was well watered. <laughs> Everywhere was well watered before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Verse 11, the Lord chose for himself. I wish they had said the Lord chose Abraham. But he chose the channel. See, that land was feeding their flock. That, that The land was nourished and blessed. But the land was not the source. In his own case, God was the source, but what Lot was feeding from, see, he said men will give to you. God uses men. Don't hear a teaching like this. It's like you go and read first John 2:20, and you read it there. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. <laughs> Amen. And you do. And the anointing you have received abides in you. You don't need any man to teach you. I don't need a pastor anymore. I don't need a teacher anymore. I don't need men anymore. No. There's another passage in the Bible that I said he gave gifts to men. Or he gave men as gifts. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. So God is the source, but he flows through men. Anybody that knows God will know that. So you don't start choosing channels, start choosing benefits at the expense of compromising your sources in life. Be knowledgeable about God, understand the source. Last one, number four. So somebody help me, what was number one? Those of you that are not writing, we'll catch you now. What was number one? Recognize Lot needed to recognize Abraham as a source. Not God, though. We're not saying Abraham became his God, but ah no. I am here because of God's dealing with this man. And that still applies today to, the, to in the New Testament. Some people have walked away from relationships that God was using to feed them. And it's people make that jump when the when the benefits are, if Lot was broke. I mean, would, you cho- would you have chosen something else? We need to recognize the source or the sub-sources, knowing that God is the main source. Number two was what? Obey. Obey. We, t- we talked about this in our prosperity journey. Said this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, shall meditate, that you may observe to do. In the place of meditating to get overflow, meditating to renew our minds, instructions will come. Start praying one hour a day. Everything rests on us fulfilling that. Number three is that we should be knowledgeable and what? Understand our source. How does God operate? Number four, this is very, very powerful, and I will close with this. Stay close. And remain close to your source. To our source. Stay close and remain close. Pastor, what do you mean? John 15, I won't have time. I wanted to read, I really wanted to read this line by line. But I'm sure you're familiar with the text. I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, sir, you can do nothing. He said, Abide in me, let my words abide in you. If you abide in me, you will ask what you will and my father will do it for you. That's prosperity. But it depends on you being connected. Please, I want you to read that, John. I know you are familiar. Let's read it. We are not going to die. <laughs> I, I try to respect time. Honestly, I felt impressed that I read it again. Somebody needs to hear it again. It's just a few verses. Faith come by hearing and what? So somebody hear. Everything unable neighbor hear. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away that, that every branch that bears fruit, and every branch that bears fruit, it prunes. That takes away, There means actually, if you read it, it's not that God will condemn you to hell. It means that God will heal you. He will mend you so that you can start bearing fruit. See, if you're already a part of him, you are destined to be fruitful. Can I hear a loud Amen but you must abide. If you stay with God, even if you are going through a dry phase, if you just stay with him, he's saying that God will walk on you. That, that's what that take away means. It's not that he's going to kill you or cast you to hell. No, he'll walk on you until you become, you start bearing fruit. And if you are bearing fruit, he will keep pruning you, adjusting you, because there's another level of prosperity for you. He prunes that me may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to You abide in me. And I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it stays close and remains closed. The word used there is abide in the vine. Because the vine is the source. The vine is the source. You lose contact with the vine. Even if you have the channel and even if you have the benefits, you begin to dry up. I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. Abide in me and I in you as the, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Lord, you can bear fruit of yourself unless you abide in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can what? I can hear somebody. Without me you can what? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are born. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. That's the ultimate of prosperity. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Somebody say God is glorified as I succeed and prosper. Do you know this was the mistake of Solomon? He stopped abiding in the vine. That was the error of Solomon. Somewhere along the way, the source, it started with the source. In fact, the testimony was that Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord. But as time went by, Perhaps the wisdom, which was a form of channel, that river or fountain of wisdom. He, he was still giving wise counsel. He must have been, in fact, let's read what the Bible said, to have 700 wives and 300 concubines. Your mouth must be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes anointing. In fact, some of the Solomon said that. How does that say that? Your, your, your son is like ointment point forward. So the virgins are... Love thee. Ah, he was in the anointing. See the river. Look, sometimes watch this. The anointing, the gifts, the river is not the source. It's flowing from God, but it doesn't mean you are still where you ought to be. The power is still flowing. The healing is still flowing. The river is still flowing, but that's not. He said, "Out of Eden, a river." Look at what I said about Solomon, 1 Kings 11. As we close, can you shout again? God is my source. The river is not my source. Now I understand. River can also refer to the Holy Ghost, who is God. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gifts that flow from the Holy Ghost. Now, see, we are talking about rain a lot now. Don't get carried away with the rain. Not reign as in the Holy Spirit, reign as in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that you forget about the source that gave you the rain, and don't get carried away with the benefits. And the women were still responding. The women, he was still seeing. The look at it, verse one, second, I mean, first Kings eleven. King Solomon loved many foreign women. When his journey started, was Solomon loved the Lord. So we need to be careful to the... Some of you don't love foreign women. Let me ask you neighbor, but what do you love? We are the premiership people. Me too, I need to talk to myself. Those of us that love premiership. Women, what do the women love? Because some of you are looking at us now see if you... Eh? No, some of them don't watch TV. He loved the Lord. (laughs) You know, he told us, love not the world and the things thereof. He loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, Hittites, And understand that these things came, these were the benefits. So you see, this is Old Testament. He was allowed to have, there wasn't a problem with him having concubines under their law then. So that wasn't even, God didn't mind. Those were the benefits. Look at verse 3. And he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines. Look, it was the, River on him, the oil that made him manage these things. Because I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The wisdom, the fountain of wisdom. Do you know the story you are. How much story? One wife, where some of us are still struggling. (laughs) (laughs) For it was so. So he said, 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. It was so, when Solomon was old, that his wife turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. Verse 9, so the Lord became angry with Solomon. Again, we in New Testament, God's anger has been put on Christ for us. But it's not like we should now start provoking the jealousy or the anger of God. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. That's how his journey started. And that commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. God, like, Just like God commanded Adam, God also gave him an instruction. But he did not keep what the Lord Had commanded him. So, as we continue to prosper, we should stay and remain close to the source. It's not enough to be close to the channels. The wisdom was still there, it's not enough to be close to the benefits. The wives and the concubines were still there, the riches were still there. And these are things we should really take heed to heart. Rise on your feet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Like I said at the beginning, this is just God instructing us. Let's examine ourselves and let's make corrections. Can you lift your hands and say again, Heavenly Father, you are my source. I can't hear somebody tonight say, you are my source. And above all else, above any channel you choose to use, Above any benefits you bring into my life, I prioritize you. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and pray. Let's just talk to Him. The source is the most important. The source, hey, and our relationship with the source is the most important. Whatever titles, whatever accolades, whatever accomplishments, whatever gifts flow through us. They are not as vital and they are not as important as the source. The source. When it comes to our prosperity, the source must be number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added. Prioritize the source. Prioritize the source. God is reminding us, every one of us, prioritize me. Prioritize me. Above my gifts in your life, prioritize me, the giver. Above my benefits in your life, prioritize me, the source of every good and perfect gift in your life. Sakata Yada Rigido tasa The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. First bank bus stop off kudarat Abiola Way Argun, Lagos. Email KMIAfrica at Kingsword.org. Telephone? 234 0